Sydney, Melbourne bitter. <laughs> or our favourite. <laughs> oh my god! I can only imagine how that tastes. Amazing. <laughs> Actually, never seen anyone Real drink yeasty. that beer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like a class. It, it is like a classier VB. Uh. Oh, is it, is it really? Like, I don't think it is. It's like isn't it? Jesus. I'm being serious, mate. It is. Oh, it, it you can't is. even say it with a straight face. Like, no, no, I'm, yeah. being, I'm being serious. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by Adam Ryan. Hello. Nathan Hennessy. Welcome back. James Wood. Howdy, gamers. Mr. Ralph Panabianco is Hello. joining us. Hello. And for her debut, second debut... Miss Rhiannon, also known as Doom Cutie. Hello, hello. Nice to have you on. It's fantastic to be here. Again, recording this time, for sure. <laughs> I apologise. I was, uh, as a live podcaster, usually, uh, it's been a wild ride learning mm. about um, people who film before they uh, <laughs> put their podcast up. So, um, yay for me. Oh, well, you know, we're all here now, so it's uh, great to have you here. Uh, before we kick off, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Me? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Hmm. Um, so, I obviously, most people know me as Doom Cutie, uh, but my name's Rhiannon. You'll see it in my writing. I've been doing... Uh, games journalism and podcasting for the last almost two years now. I do it on the side of my full-time job, which is actually a teacher. Uh, basically, I fell into content creating because I like taking photos of my cars in Forza. And then people were like, hey, you should be a streamer. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll give that a go. I am realised I'm boring. Uh, so <laughs> I kind of, I don't really do, I do that every now and then. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I sort of fell into a crowd of people where they liked games, but they liked sort of using their brains a little bit more. So I was like, okay, let's, let's vibe with this. So, yeah, I, I started working with uh, Game on Oz for a while and, yeah, uh, the guys at Well Played have been awesome. So I've been vibing with them. It's been good. It's been great. So I thank you for having me here and I uh, can't wait to talk games. I just had a very awesome. quick thought. Zach, you can just step to the side for a second, mate. Um, do your students think you are like the coolest thing ever being that you get like pre-release codes and shit? Like surely that for, for like kids of that age would just think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with Adam on that. Um, yes, it's, um, it's sometimes hit and miss because I think they genuinely think I'm trying to be cool. Uh, (laughs) so, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, Um, and it wasn't until, so it was a big deal for me personally when I got Hogwarts Legacy before anyone else and I was writing a review for it. I was super hyped and I was like, guys, I can't tell anyone, but I'm telling you guys, I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy. Um, and they were like, really? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, but wait, that isn't even out yet. And I'm like, I know. How about that? 
so yeah, it's kind of <laughs> I kind of get a mixed reaction sometimes. They're kind of like, oh, miss. Oh, really? Do you do you, do you crack nineties or whatever one eighties in Fortnite? Like, are you? And I'm like, guys, no, please play a proper game. Um, anyway, um, so it, yeah, it, look, it's interesting. I try not to talk about it too much. I can't obviously play games with my students. I can play games with students that have graduated, um, but yeah, g- generally, I try and keep them on the down low. Um, before we move on, you are starting a brand new podcast in a couple of weeks. Oh, yes, I am. I'm currently on leave from work, which is awesome because it means that I get to work on a passion project that I have been dreaming about um, since the end of last year. The podcasting space is, let's face it, in the gaming area, full of guys. And <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about with the <laughs> guys sitting here. That's, a, that's an absolute fucking lie. <laughs> Jeff Keeley would also disagree with that if he were here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, basically, um, I, and I feel like we, we've come across this quite a bit when looking for guests and things like that. I don't think girls want to come, or females, want to come <clears throat> onto a podcast full of guys. Um, it can, I think it's a little bit confronting. So I kind of thought to myself, you know what? I want to talk about like kind of weird, nichey, girly kind of stuff. And I can't really do that in this space that I'm currently podcasting in. So why not just make my own? So here is the birth of uh, Confessions of a Gamer Girl podcast launching July 1st. Um, I currently have two uh, panel members. I have Lee Shi, who is a JBL Quantum ANZ queen. Uh, you won't see her in anything else. And then I have Ellie and she's also a uh, writer like myself. She's just had a baby. So she's yeah trying to get back into the space, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a vibe. I, I can't wait. And you have a very uh, exciting guest to kick off your uh, series. Now, now this is, this is not known in the general. I haven't, I haven't promoted it yet. Cause honestly, I've didn't really believe it uh, until she accepted my Google Calendar invite. But I have Alana Pierce as our first guest, so I can't mm. wait to bring her onto the podcast and share. Just, ah, it's going to be so good. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait. That's awesome. Yeah, we are. I'm, well, I'm keen to check it out when it does launch on July 1st. July 1st, 1 p.m. AEST. Awesome. awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> That's cool. Thank you. Oh, Rashi, very, very quickly, Ralph, question for you. How was being at Summer Games first? It was good. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to um, just <clears> – I'm still recovering a little bit. Uh, it was, it's very intense, a uh, couple of days. But, um, no, it's good. Uh, look, it's t- certainly no E3, you know. It's not even – it doesn't really hold a candle to E3, I would say. Um, but that's okay, though. I don't think, oh, well, look, therefore it sucks. I'm like, well, you know, Jeff Keighley's building something and it's, you know, there's something happening over there and it's good that it's happening. Um, but it is much smaller scale. I would say most disappointing of all is just how little playable there was there, you know, um, because there's a lot of games coming out in the near term and only a handful of them were actually playable at this event um, and mm. only in very small quantities as well, you know, like you'd have... 
a booth that has one kiosk to let you play one game or you know bigger bigger games like remnant i think they had uh, eight kiosks set up immortals of abium had four and these sound like okay-ish numbers but you mean compare this to what e3 used to have and you'd have 16 or 32 kiosks at one time Mm. you'd be cycling through people uh on mass so it's just it was there was a lot less on on display and playable than i would have hoped um but it was still a good event that I really enjoyed. The networking is great. It really is still the coming together of the industry. Like there is no other event quite like it on the calendar, except for the Game Awards, but everyone's just there to get drunk as opposed to work. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's also Gamescom, but Gamescom is so large. It's just a fucking clusterfuck. Like it's impossible mm. to do anything at Gamescom. So E3 was always a sweet spot. And um, this is a much smaller sweet spot. I think it'll get there eventually, but for now it's still just kind of in the build phase. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I went though. I'm glad I went. And the last question: How was that uh, Nick Cage air? <laughs> oh mate, incredible! <laughs> I knew it's like when Jeff had like a, a cheeky twinkle in his eye when he was talking about. It, I'm like, I bet you Nick Cage is coming out on stage. I bet you it's going to happen. Sure enough, he came out there. It was fantastic. Uh, Nick Cage just completely chewed the scenery. Uh, no Al Pacino moments from him. It was just he knew what to say. <laughs> he knew how to pander. He crushed it, and then uh, and then he left, and we were all just you know we missed him as soon as he was gone. So yeah. it was uh, it was very special. Did you see the photo with him and Kojima hanging out? Did you see that one? Yeah, what a yeah. time! Man. I don't know what they're doing, but something cool. Obviously, I mean, it's just let's 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 tune in for that, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't care what um, they're doing as long as they're doing it together. I'm interested. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's talk uh, playing video games. Uh, anyone got anything they want to talk about that they've played over the past week or so? Mm. I have finished Excavation of Hobbs Barrow. Really, really cool point-click game. Um, very grim too, actually. Very, very quiet. Wait a grim. second. Jack, Zach played a, a point-and-click game? What the fuck? <laughs> I know. Wait a sec. That's, Wild, a, that's, an unner- that's a weird genre for you. You're just know, branching right? out, are you? I just thought I'd try something new. And um, Yeah, right. Nice, nice. No, mm. this was uh, very cool. Very cool pixel art style um yeah very cool story cool puzzles uh only one kind of stumped me kind of towards the end and in the middle but yeah uh cool cool little game um what was it called yeah. it's called the excavation of hobbs barrow i think it's on like 83 percent on metacritic i think who, who made it do you know cloak and dagger games and it's published by wadget i okay uh, oh, yeah. who are who are a big publisher in, in that kind of Indie point-click adventure genre. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, the art style's nice. Yeah, it is, and it's yeah, it's a cool game. Cool game. Mm. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, Anyone I've else? been playing uh, a game called. Now I'm probably going to butcher how to say it because it's French. Dordoing. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> oh God, is that wrong? <laughs> no, <laughs> no idea. You know, I don't think it matters. <laughs> um, it sounds a, awesome the way you say it. Whatever it is, it sounds great. Look, uh, it's a it's a lovely um, indie watercolor side scroller type game. Um, yeah, it's um, it's really nice. It's about you're sort of trying to regain some memory from your past. Um, you, you sort of your family's broken because of a certain event that happened in the past, yeah. and yeah, it's um you can kind of uh, you can pick up little bits and pieces, and you go into memories, and yeah, it's really really beautiful. The way that they they use their art has actually it really does create like because you because you basically play the game on two different timelines, um, 
and yeah, they use the art really well in that. So yeah, the watercolor art style is beautiful. Yeah. Please, oh gosh, I probably said that terribly. Um, I'm, I'm. Anyway, it's available on Game Pass uh, as well. So this yeah. actually, uh, this got picked up by Focus and their publisher. Yeah, it which did. Is oh, kind of cool. Did. Game, yeah. Um, I, I got a good nose focus. Yeah. They know. Yeah. They usually know what's up. When they back something, it's usually it's usually a good sign. Yeah, they got, they got some good good stuff. Uh, anybody <laughs> else got anything they want to share? I, I finished Repeller Fella, which I think I might have talked about. Never mind. Um, I yeah, I, I finished. Play, I played through that. Uh, very Australian. Very different to the expression of Hobbs Barrow. Another adventure or like a choose your own adventure point click kind of game with a it's not really south parky but it's kind of that's one of the probably the easiest way to explain it to people is it's kind of got that south park vibe to it but it is very very australian very siggy butt brain kind of <laughs> um, it looks like wanna, michael cusack energy yeah i don't want to say it's like bogan but it's it's on <laughs> no, the spectrum you, well <laughs> it's not bogan stereo mate yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so it was good fun. I I enjoyed it. Um, James would not enjoy it as we've already Probably discussed. Not. But no, <laughs> I gave, it, I gave it an eight and a half. The only thing I didn't really like about it was the ending. I thought the ending was ending is very much uh, ends on like a sequel bait. Um, so they don't even give you any kind of closure. They make you pick the decision that you would have made at the end of the game. But it's like a voting system thing at the end. Not actually like part of the game. Oh. How would you have liked this to have ended? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Oh, that's weird. weird. No, thanks. Yeah. Has yeah. anyone has anyone played that uh, Broken Roads demo yet? By the way, anyone played Broken Roads at all? Preview build or something? I certainly. Uh, I did the preview at PAX last oh, you year. I did, um, yeah, but cool. I have not played this updated demo. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I haven't. I've just been too busy with other stuff. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm really keen actually because I think it looks great. Speaking of Australian stuff, I'm really um, keen to get into that one because it's a great team behind Australia. it. It's a great. Second, sorry. A post-apocalyptic Australia answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. even more post-apocalyptic than we currently are. Because, like, that's kind of our thing, you know what I mean? So uh, it's post-post-apocalyptic, really. Uh, and it just looks cool. So I'm really keen for that. I definitely want to make time for that in the Steam Next. Because Steam Next Fest is on, by the way. If anyone's listening mm. and you haven't uh, checked it out, make sure you go download a buttload of demos. Um, there's so many that it's hard to know what to find or whatever. So maybe just like go on Twitter, go on Reddit, try and find some threads with recommendations. The Steam itself has gotten better at like surfacing the good stuff. So you can also rely on that a little bit, but uh, just click around and just try stuff. Cause yeah, I mean, every time it's on, I always have a good time with it. I'm a bit too busy to do it this time, which I'm really bummed about, but um, it's always a really good, it's a really good week if you've got it. Like if you've got the time to just dive in and just try a whole bunch of stuff, you come out with like, 10 things on your wish list and you're stocked up for the year in terms of indie games. It's great. You know what you should check out demo-wise and James has played that. It's (laughs) called Stray Souls. Stray Souls. Okay. All right. What's the deal? Uh, I don't even know what the deal is. Is it a meme meme game or is it a real game? No, it's it's, it's being marketed as a real game. This is a a third person action (laughs) and horror experience. That That was damning. (laughs) (laughs) They're trying to be real, but they are very much trying to be real. Published by Versus Evil. It looks like a David Cage game. Yes. Okay. It looks like if David Cage from Wish. We then ordered another version of himself off Wish, <laughs> made like a Silent Hill 
Yeah, it looks like David Cage meets Blue, meets Blue Bear Team, which, yes. you know, <laughs> yes. that's uh, not David a great Cage combination for Blue depending Bear on who you asked. <laughs> David, oh, good. No, um, it, it, the demo's only about, what, 20 minutes long and it's just... Uh, I got in and out in 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. So, right. Yeah. Okay, and it out. sucks? Does it suck? Oh, oh, yeah. It's it's one I of the most baffling suck. things I've played all year, but an incredible like baffling 10 minutes. In a, baffling in a good way or like a shit way? No, no, Bad in, in a, in a truly... Bad dog shit way but okay, right, a right, right, fun right. dog shit way okay yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No. I didn't know dog shit could be fun but alright well, well, you learn to pathologic kind of thing yeah logic is not dog shit well there's lots of essays about that either way well yeah well, there's a lot of ways we can go on that um, <laughs> my recording from like, obviously last week was lost to the, uh, the annals of history, but, uh, I did put to the panel that I would be swapping out, uh, the Witcher oh, three yes. for final fantasy seven remake, um, which was agreed upon in, in my pledges list. Uh, I have since put about four hours into the game. Um, and I think it's phenomenal, which is a really <laughs> nice, Oh, shut up. <laughs> wow. Um, having a really good time wow. in intensely, uh, half cinematic, half really satisfying action experience. Um, I, at times I feel like I'm just pushing the stick forward during a very lovingly crafted anime, which I'm quite enjoying. Uh, and I think the combat is a really fascinating like synthesis of like modern action gameplay and old school RPG turn-based mm. stuff, I guess. I can understand it's not for everybody. I think that it's a very interesting experiment though. And I think that's probably a good segue into maybe another experiment at updating this franchise potentially. Ah, delicious segue. Mm. Well, I want to talk very, very quickly about Lies of P because we didn't yeah, talk about that. Fuck your segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do Lies of P after, after the main topic if you want because I've got some previews we need to get out so we can lump it into that if you'd like. Okay, all right. Because uh, yeah. I'm thinking about swapping out my pledge for that. Ooh. Oh. Oh. I went as, in like, no, as in like I've, I pledged that game and I think I want to... Oh, I mean, Did yeah. Did you pledge Lies of P? He's not going to be good enough at that, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I messaged James that I struggled with the first boss. Well, just because I didn't quite, I need to learn the controls and I just get beasted, basically. You're like, uh, where are the almost. dialogue options for this? I don't understand. I'm pointing at him. I'm like, click on any. What more does the game want? That's right, exactly. <laughs> I need more puzzles and, you know. I can. Anyway, all right, let's, let's talk uh, the main event because that's why Mr. Ralph is here. Uh, Final Fantasy 16. Hmm. Nathan, mm. you have been reviewing this. I have indeed. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to say I've hit the credits on this one, clocked in about about 50 hours to get my first playthrough done. And that 50 hours comprises of pretty much just playing everything along the way. Like not really going too far off the beaten track, so to speak, but if there are any side quests along the way that pop up, doing them, any hunts I come across in the world, doing them. But um, just before I go off, because we're going, this is obviously going to be one of the big staples of this episode, I figure uh, context is going to be so important for the conversation we're about to have because I'm going to bring up some criticisms that are going to sound like I dislike this game. Now, actually, I think this is a really good game. This is probably even a great game, depending on where you sit, what type of person you are. So I've got some some sharp words I want to say, but let's cement the context here. Uh, who amongst us plays Final Fantasy games? Yes. I, I, I do. Hey. I've, I've so, attempted, um, but because, <laughs> because I've played... Because I play World of Warcraft, 
I feel like I have to choose and the amount of time that I feel like it would take <laughs> to really give that game do, or do that game justice. Yep. Yeah. I, I do look, think that's I, a really I made my interesting choice. and telling statement right there that when someone asks, do you play Final Fantasy? One of the default responses is I don't have time for the MMO. Like not the mainline series, but the MMO is the thing that comes to mind. I think that's just really interesting. It is, and and still valid either way, to be honest, because these are long games. They are demanding games, and this is still a long game, Final Fantasy sixteen. but I don't want to tell you that it's a demanding game, because if you don't play Final Fantasy much, and if you're a bit of a novice when it comes to what they call like character action games, and I'm talking games like God of War, Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, those fast-paced, flashy swords and guns types of games where you're just beating up crowds of folks. If you're kind of curious about those kinds of games, but maybe haven't played a heap of them, this is probably the game that I would offer you because this has a tremendous onboarding experience for that type of action genre. I want to follow up that last question. So it sounds like Ralph and James are the two other big sort of folks that play Final Fantasy titles. What's what's a favourite amongst you folks so I can get a bit of context around where you guys stand? Everyone's got a favourite, right? Sure. Yeah. The problem is mine is mine's the MMO. It's 14. Like, well, that's uh, fine. What's wrong yeah. with that? That's, oh, nothing. That's totally I, just, I don't know if that's what you're after for the context here. That No, that, that's still going to be perfectly valid in this conversation. What about you, Ralph? Yeah, I think probably 14 as well. And then I was an 8 man. And then I'd probably mm. say 8, 10, 7, 9... <laughs> He's got a whole ranking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because I played everything from seven onwards. So, yeah, I mean, uh, 13, 12 and 13, not so much. Mm-hmm. But uh, that sort of heyday of PS1, PS2 era, that sort of looms pretty large. And then I played 14 and all the way up to the most recent expansion. So Beautiful, beautiful. So, look, mine isn't a mainline entry, so it's a bit irrelevant here. Mine's tactics advanced. But as a, as a, as a mainline entry, it's probably like 14 or... Maybe 12. I understand why some folks bounce off 12 a little bit. It kind of plays like a single-player MMO. There's a lot of bloat in there. So anyway, that, that kind of solidifies where we're at. I, I myself, I do enjoy a lot of the Final Fantasy fourteen, and I think that is the crowd of Final Fantasy fans that are probably going to be interested in this game, if not for the marketing and the whole cult of celebrity around its producer, Yoshi P., um, uh, my, my partner, just just a little background, she's got a pretty hardcore fi- uh, Final Fantasy fourteen guild and they uh, they just worship the dude for some weird reason. I don't understand it. But anyway, let's talk about the actual game. So this is a very Western take on what is traditionally quite a Japanese series that pulls on Western themes in interesting ways. It's a medieval fantasy, as I discussed in the preview a few months back, where we will be playing as... Clive Rossfield, old mate Clive. Not sure why his name's Clive, and it still doesn't get any less amusing throughout this game. But we play him, um, we sort of start the story in a fairly linear fashion. So the game starts off, he's a child, we kind of see where what his family is, who he is, uh, and we get a bit of context around the world state. So at the moment we're in, so the game starts in this world called Valisthea. There's a lot of sort of, uh, there's a political landscape here, as is the case with a lot of like Final Fantasies, like 12 and so on. Um, we've got this sort of character-driven story where Clive is the son of a, you know, sort of a powerful duchy, a, a duke's family. And uh, there's a lot of inbreeding in that family because like any royal line, they want to keep that blood pure, baby. So that's, uh, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's yeah, where those right. big Game of Thrones influences are coming in, you know. 
Um, but uh, yeah, the old incestry bloodline must have curdled with him a little bit because he didn't bear what was supposed to be these big powers that are supposed to have come through the bloodline. So um, there are sort of, you know, this, this breeding that occurs because they want people to inherit these demigod powers called um, icons. So anyway, his little brother ends up manifesting the power. And so he's kind of, Clive's then kind of overlooked for, you know, succession. He's kind of less important, kind of outcast and kind of loses that royal flair that he would have had should he have manifested the powers as the firstborn and been all important. So anyway, uh, a whole lot of shit goes down in, in early life and... Um, uh, Family breakdown uh, sets him on a path of revenge and then we see him sort of progress through the years in the first third of the game. So the first third of the game does a really good job at introducing us to who this character is, who the family is, what the world state is, and then fast forwarding through a couple of decades to where we eventually get... Um, where we eventually get to the core of the game. But here's kind of the issue. So to get to the core of the game, which probably comes in about... 40% through for me, maybe like 10 hours in up until that point, the game is very much evocative of, uh, and again, only a few people understand this, but final fantasy 13 is very much pretty corridors. You're one man with a sword going through very gorgeous corridors, straight line. Um, every now and again, you end up in kind of a circular arena, very much like God of war where you whip a few baddies. It all looks marvelous. And as I said earlier, if you don't use or play many of these action games, I can comfortably put this controller in your hand, the DualSense, and you'll very intuitively pick this up. Even though it looks very fast and frenetic, uh, there is a very... The, the game is engineered in such a generous way that you'll be performing like these precision dodges that slow down time so that you can queue up your special abilities, which don't burn any kind of meter. You can just keep using your special abilities. They just go into a couple of second cooldown, like 10 seconds or whatever. Um, but the actual core combat is very, very basic. Uh, actually, this is kind of maybe what is kind of going to be the first fault or positive on this game. And this is something that I'll also discuss with Ralph in a sec. But my impression of the combat, which is going to make up like a third, like the game is kind of half cutscenes or, or maybe like 50% cutscenes, 25% combat, 25% navigating through these mostly linear stages throughout most of the game. But the combat in itself, you're mostly just mashing uh, square and triangle. There's no really directional inputs. There's no um, positioning's not often a big thing outside of boss battles. So really, as long as you're mash mashing square, which is your sword attacks and triangle, which intersperses some very kind of weak uh, magic missiles in between. Think very much Devil May Cry's pistols where they're just sort of in there to spice up combos. You're just going to be mashing that pretty much um, forever throughout the entire game. The game's going to give you no more uh, like action. It's going to give you no more combos. It's not going to give you any new weapon types. It's not going to give you any new core combat moves. So you're looking at a 50-hour game where that 25% that of it that is combat is going to be fairly samey at its very core, but it does enough to sprinkle it in with um, new cooldown abilities every five to six hours. It'll give you an extra three that you can kind of sprinkle into your retinue and spice things up. So, Ralph, how do you feel on the combat side of things? Because this is a far cry from what we know in the Final Fantasy circles, where it's usually very slow or turn-based for the most part, whereas this is the polar opposite of that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> look, 
I, yeah, the, the more time I spend with combat, the more, I guess, disappointed by it I am. I think it starts <laughs> off quite strongly, start, starts off strong because uh, you actually need to use your basic attacks um, and weave mm-hmm. in some combos and you're, you're starting to get to grips with the different enemy types and the, and the fundamentals of combat and you feel like there could be a lot that opens up before you. But what happens is by the end that you're, you get so many abilities that you have to cycle through that you can essentially just cool down dump throughout combat. So you just do your two abilities, then you switch to the next two that are queued up. Then you do drop those two and then you, you go to the next two because you, you basically have to cycle through your different icons, right? You're, you're sort of powered up by these icons. You cycle through, you can equip three of them at a time and they each have two abilities. So you're basically, you've got six abilities that you're just cycling through over and over and over again. And that's kind of it. And there are, and there are items that reduce the cooldown of those um, abilities, which further exacerbate this issue of just you cooldown dumping. Uh, and so that is not great, unfortunately. That part is, is, is disappointing. Now, there is a lot more depth in the combat if you seek it because there are certain icons who have a really powerful parry, one who has the ability to kind of prime targets with lightning and it looks really cool. Um, one of them is very mobile. Like there's, there's different stuff that you can add in if you want to, but the fact is this, the game doesn't ask this of you. And the most effective strategies are just the offensive abilities that you can cool down dump as soon as they're up. You drop them into these enemies and it works every time. Um, yeah, and I think as well, the other side of this equation of any combat model is the enemy design. And that is a really big problem, to be honest with you, because they don't do much. Like you've got most of the time you are just fighting goons who kind of just stand there. There are some marquee enemies like the Dragoons, for example, who are ripped straight from 14 and they fucking rule. They are amazing. They're like, holy shit, more of this, please. But they are really the only truly standout uh, enemy that I fought. And I'm like, this is sick. I love this. Every other enemy is kind of just a little floating meatball or like, you know, there's some iconic, you know, uh, Final Fantasy style enemies but it's they iconic just, with an I, not an Yeah, that's e, right. Just, yeah, just yeah, yeah famous, but whatever. <laughs> but they feel less iconic here because they're not really using a lot of the abilities that we know that they use in the other Final Fantasy games. They're kind of just, they just have a new action, you know, repertoire available to them. And so fighting them is actually less satisfying than you might think when you finally do encounter them. So, yeah, the fact that enemy design never actually uh, evolves or becomes more interesting. And the fact that your combat, your your capabilities become more simple over time because you're just focused on cooldown dumping. Combat really becomes quite disappointing, I would say, at about the halfway mark of the game. When you have three abilities, three of those icons junction to you, to use some Final Fantasy VIII t- uh, terminology. Um, when that happens, I was really like, okay, cool. This is not quite working for me anymore. And at that point, you've still got another 30 hours left in the game, you know? So, um, so, so yeah. And I think the other equation with all this is like itemization is non-existent. There non-existent. Is nothing, absolutely nothing. You, you get a sword that gives you five more damage. And then four hours later, you'll get a sword that gives you another five more damage. There are no modifiers in any of these items. There's nothing at all. There's, imagine no itemization system. That is that is actually what's in the game, right? It's it's just the most token thing you've ever seen, uh, and similarly, progression. And there's a crafting system on top of that, which just is pointless. Adds nothing. <laughs> yes, 
and the progression system, which is a staple of Final Fantasy games. It's not, you that. know, these these massive like the 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 um, you know the materia systems and all that sort of shit. Like there's the Final Fantasy X map, all that stuff. Nothing. There's no. there's like some abilities that you can put points into, and when you level up these abilities, it doesn't even tell you how they get better. Like you just put it some just points into it. Mastered. It's just mastered. You, you don't even know what that means. The UI does not tell you how that's any different, and they don't feel any different either. So. I mean, yeah, core combat, enemy design, itemization, and progression are all pretty not great, unfortunately. Um, and I would say in, in, in some some of those actually really suck. Like the itemization is like some of the worst I've seen in any AAA game in a long time. Yeah, so. I disagree. One of, one of my biggest pain points here is for a 50-hour game, there is nothing to reward you. After you've, after you've as you say, got your pretty much your full retainer of, of abilities that you can just dump on cycle, the game mm. doesn't really have a whole lot more to keep things fresh. You've really got to push yourself to strategize. But a couple of points I'd add is, like you said, um, a couple of staples that were missing. There's no sort of elemental weaknesses or any kind of tactical yes. planning or anything. That's yes. all gone. It's just... Yes. And, it's like, and you're firing these, you're fighting these like fire orb things, you know, the fire bombs. Just shoot fire at them, And you bro. just shoot fire at them and they're like, yeah, that's fine. No worries. Like every Blow other up. Final Fantasy game, you shoot fire at them. They're like, ah, oh, that's not going to work on me, buddy. But here it's like, no, nah, that works just fine. You know, and it's like, oh, that's kind of disappointing, isn't it? Like that would have been a way to make combat deeper. There is a new game plus. Thank which, you. I was about to say that. Yeah. Which will make the game harder. But sure. But makes long combat longer. Uh, well, I'm not up to the new game. I'm not doing oh, new game plus yet. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I have, and it doesn't fix any of those. Well, okay, it fixes one problem. Those first dozen hours of the game, you've got your full retainer of abilities yeah. to use right away. Brilliant, because in those first early hours of the game, uh, I think some people that are good at action games will get bored because there's simply not enough tools to play with. You're just punching the same couple of combos ad hoc mm. for hours and hours and hours. Um, at least on New Game Plus, you've got those abilities right out of the gate and there's, you know, some more quote-unquote weapon progression right out of the gate, but, you know, it's it's not really, doesn't mean anything. My issue with New Game Plus, though, is, yes, the challenge is now there because the battles are harder, but the battles are longer and they're already too long for what they are because, you, as, as you've said, you're just dumping these same yeah, six yeah. cooldowns on cycle forever. So that's probably all I'd say on combat other than I do, did enjoy the hunts. I thought the hunts were probably the highlight because they're effectively mini-bosses and mini-bosses and bosses are pretty much where this game's combat shines for me. The, the rest of the combat's a bit run-of-the-mill and, at, at worst, it's boring. So that's a real yeah. shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a nicer note, audio-visuals. This game's presentation is stunning. Now, uh, we've got some... Or rather, I've got some... Uh, uh, I, I think that Ralph Innocen, Sid, who we also got him in Diablo 4, I want to say, because I've just started yeah. playing that, and I can hear the dude immediately. I'm like, brilliant. Uh, so the voice acting that we get in here is pretty damn good for the most part. Like it's nothing that's going to win any awards, but it's all like very far above the par that we normally get for Final Fantasy localizations. This is easily for me, like far and away the best that they've offered. Um, visually, it looks terrific. Uh, I've, I recommend avoiding the 60 frame mode in my experience because it just stutters too much to be worth bothering with. And I'm usually a bit of a purist when it comes to that. I really like my 60 frame modes, my, my fidelity modes. Uh, I had a much better experience playing this on the solid 30 because it just mostly just maintained 95% of the time and looked stunning and it was clear where the love was put. And um, the some of the vo some of the facial capture it has that Yakuza issue where the main characters clearly have the, the mm -hmm. best looking features and the best yeah. looking facial capture and their drama is just so thrilling. 
And I remember there was a part in the game where we see one of the, um, it was the icon for Titan. And he's just like, he's in this encounter where he's really, you know, upset and just furious, but he doesn't say anything. And the camera just watches him and you see this, this, um, this, you know, effectively CGI motion captured performance of just scenery chewing of just like twitching in the jaw, pure rage, but it's ever so subtle and you can only see it if you just squint. So it's got this fantastic attention to detail, but then you see a lot of the NPCs that just, you know, they've got the mouths moving with no lip syncing. It's just, it's all a bit of a B act, but you know, I I pass that because I I love Yakuza and they get away with it. So it's not a big deal here, but um, how, how do you feel about the presentation? Yeah, it um it definitely runs like shit on the sixty FPS. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> sucks. I even played with the update patch and it still sucks, which is a bummer. It's not a deal breaker for me personally. Like I'm okay with it, but it is disappointing. Um, it, I just felt like the presentation is like I feel like a lot. Of, the reality is a lot of this game is skyboxes and these oh, untouchable yes. worlds because uh, the other thing we haven't talked about is world design. It's so bad. Like the world design is is terrible like it's just the it's corridors and then there's some open world sections which are just basically big empty fields it's heaven with like it's, it's final fantasy 14 but single player correct correct it is like mmo model of open world design which is like we need big spaces with random little clusters of enemies just hanging out doing nothing for no mm. reason there's no secrets to discover. There are no puzzles. There's no sense of exploration. You don't just run into a person. Like, there, there is yeah. No you, there's, you, you get chocobos in this game. It's like, why? What, what are you, you don't need these. Like the, the, the areas are too small to really truly warrant them. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's not a good model. It feels incredibly outdated, like the way that they've designed this semi-open world. Uh, I mean, you compare it to the likes of, you know, uh, God of War. Or, or Horizon, or, or even Assassin's Creed, or fucking whatever. Like it's just it's whatever it is. It's a very very outdated model for that. So everything looks nice, but I became frustrated with how good it looked because I'm like, it's, there's just nothing here. Like there's just nothing to actually explore, you know. And that really was a bummer for me because again, Final Fantasy games used to be about exploration. You get in an airship, you go in the overworld map, you just go around, like go to the islands of heaven and hell. Like what are you gonna find? Like just this things, right? And it's like, it's not here in this game. There's no exploration whatsoever. And it's it's a real bummer. So I wrote in my review that the first half of the game, the exploration to me felt like navigating the Super Mario World overworld map because you're <laughs> literally just going from one stage to the next on this little overworld map. until yeah. about halfway through where you get these, as we said, these kind of Final Fantasy XIV-esque open zones, so to speak. But that's also where the game really started to lose me because the only reason I had to really traverse those zones were to do side quests. And 90% of the side quests on this game feels like it's the B-team effort of let's just give you a reason. Like literally just go to point X and get a tomato for the chef. Literally. I know, literally that, literally that. It's this so bad. I think that was an actual example. A chef with a tomato. And you gave me nothing for it. These are like MMO level quests in an in a AAA action game, and uh, and yeah, they're terrible. I just uh, I really tried to do as many of them as I could at the beginning, but every single one of them disappointed me so thoroughly. I was like, okay, I, ha- I stopped doing them at about the halfway mark because I just I can't do this anymore. So, so, so I don't know how far through you've gotten, but just like in the lead up to the finale, and the game like foreshadows its finale big time. Um, like one or two missions before the finale, all of a sudden you get like 30 side quests. Like the game just yes. fucking dumps yeah. them all on you and goes, That's where by I'm, the way, in case you don't, <laughs> <That's where I'm laughs> I just started yeah. skipping through all the dialogue, man. I hate doing that. I don't like yeah. doing that, but there's I just, agree. It, it's uh, exactly the same. Oh, oh, these, 
you know, oh, I need some supplies. Can you please go to this place and kill a chocobo and then bring back a feather? Oh, okay, sure. All right, I'm at hour 65 now, but okay, sure. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just like, oh man, I just, it was, it was, it was right. And I mean like, yeah, I, I'm, it's this. And I think as well, like the other thing as well is that like, this is, you know, it's just not very, the story, it has its moments and it's, it, they, Puyoshi P said this is like a roller coaster. Okay. And that's so true <laughs> because yeah. the roller coaster, it's really fun when it's going down. But when you like slowly being hauled up to the next moment, it's pretty dull. Right, and this and has so hard. much downtime in its core campaign. There are some times where you will go three hours of just fucking around and just talking to people in boring towns, collecting boring bullshit, waiting for the main story to progress. Now, anyone who has played Final Fantasy fourteen will know this because this is exactly how the MSQ works, right? Thank you. Yes, yeah. it's, it's so, the pre-patch bullshit all over again. It's, it, but it's not, yeah, but it's not even pre-patch. Like the, the core MSQ has the same thing where you arrive at a new location, you have to solve some regional bullshit, and then once you've like eaten your vegetables, you get back on the main story. Final Fantasy sixteen is exactly the same. Okay. Yeah. However, the payoff is not there in terms of like the story and the characters and whatever, because there's no party members. And that is such a key problem with the game as well. Like there's sort of his party members, but there's really not like there's one scene where they're trying to do some big stirring, like, you know, Oh, get ready for this next big push. We've, we're all in this together. And in that scene, they invite like the vendor to stand with them. And also some random dude that you met once because there are so <laughs> few actual characters in this game that you would care about that they're like, that's that's who they have to draw on. But for real, like the, the a party is a core part of a Final Fantasy experience. And like Final Fantasy 15 really sucked, but it had the boys. It's you got know its boys. Mean? It's got the boys and that really carried it. You know what I mean? Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> has like that troop, which is just, incredible it's so diverse there's so many interesting characters and alphano and urianger like all these dudes so so interesting so fun to talk to so many different things they contribute and final fantasy 16 is one dude and he sometimes there's jill which is another person she's sometimes in the mix sometimes not they're they're both very stone-faced and they're very stone-faced and there's nothing else and it's like imagine going through the msq of final fantasy but it's really just, you know, Derplander and like, and that's about it. You know what I mean? Like, so, so it's pretty, it's, it's, but there's like nothing there. Is that what you're trying exactly. to say? Exactly. Like he's so hot. He's the hottest dude ever. <laughs> but And you look in his face and you're like, man, I wish I was that handsome. But that's, but and like, and I, I really like him as a character, yeah. but it's just, he needs other people to play off and they're not there. Uh, and I think this game's pacing is truly dire at times. Like it's so many people are going to quit this game. I know exactly the points where people are going to quit this game. Cause yeah. I was, cause I was like, man, this blows, this part blows, this part blows. And there's like at least five of those as you go through the camp and you're like, nah, so many people are going to jump off at this point. Cause this is, this is, this is not it, man. So yeah. So it's, who do you think this game's for? So sorry to, to just kind of yeah I don't know put a nice wrapping point on this because this is something that I've constantly struggled in writing my review and I know it's not for me and I accept sure. that. Yeah, I don't but know. Like I, I don't know. I really like. I think Yoshi P is like uh, we want to make the a game that will appear to a new generation of Final Fantasy fan. It's like sure. okay, what is that? Uh, Semi open world RPG. 
Okay, so you 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 you're speaking to your Horizon and your God of War and your Assassin's Creed or whatever. Will these people like this game? Absolutely not. It does not succeed in the slightest as a semi-open world RPG with explorable areas and side quests or anything like that. Uh, core Final Fantasy fans, will they like this? I don't know, and I suspect probably not because there's so little actual Final Fantasy here, other than you know, like a few creatures that you recognize and obviously the summons who are the icons uh, and that's about it. But the core- It's just iconography. I think so. The core feeling of what it feels like to play a Final Fantasy game is not here in terms of its theme and tone and settings and whatever, right? That's just, it's not. Then you look at the combat and it's like, well, is this for Devil May Cry, character action, Bayonetta, whatever? Is it for those people? And I'm like- I don't think so because I don't think the combat system is actually good enough to satisfy them. And furthermore, the amount of padding in between combat is so inordinate. I can't see these people having 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 the patience for it. Like imagine playing Devil May Cry, but it's like a 50-hour game and you have to wait upwards of one and a half to two hours between some combat encounters. Are Devil May Cry fans going to stick around for that? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. So... I don't know who this is for. I think this is, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really pretty down on it, as you could tell, just in case that was unclear. A, a little bit more um, so than myself. And I feel for you, man. I do. Yeah, like, I, I've gone through some emotions here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really hate being down on games like this because they're so beloved. Everyone's so excited for this game. Everyone's so excited for this game, right? Yep. It's a big deal. And if you come out and be like, this game sucks. Everyone's going to be like, no, oh, that sucks. You suck. Everyone yeah. sucks. The world. It's like, I hate no it, right? No one wins. But like, I, the, the reality is Final Fantasy 15 was a shitty game, I think, but it really had something. And it had like this heart that carried it over the line, I think. I don't think this is possessed of the same thing. Final Fantasy 14 has this ma- is massive. It's so huge. There's so much to it. And I also think it's one of the most brilliantly written games I've ever played, particularly Shadowbringers. This oh, yeah. doesn't, this does not hold a candle to that, I don't think. Um, and then you look at the PS1, PS2 glory days of Final Fantasy and it's like, yeah, I, I don't think it comes anywhere close to that either, in, in particular because of the absence of a party that you would really care about and want to be close to. So, yeah, it's, 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 and I'll tell you one thing. I know I'm talking a lot. I apologize, but I'll tell you one thing. Yoshi P, when I met him over in, um, in Japan, because he talked a lot about how he wants, he talked a lot about how it was necessary for Final Fantasy to evolve. Correct. And he would never talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake. He would just not acknowledge its existence in a I weird mean, way. Fair enough. And, but I don't know why, though, because it, it's almost like he said, well, this series has to evolve. And, it, and I'm like, I didn't say it to him, but I'm like, well, Final Fantasy VII Remake kind of did that evolution. I think its version of team-based combat is is excellent, you know? And I think it really retains what it means to be a Final Fantasy game, obviously, because it's a remake of VII, but whatever, you know what I mean? I think that this has really thrown the baby out with the bathwater and um, what's left is, is not a satisfying Final Fantasy game and I don't think it's a particularly satisfying video game in general. So, yeah. So... I will quickly wrap my sentiment up on a slightly more positive note. So I think there is a Venn diagram of, in in my imagination and the conversations I'm hearing in my little bubble, I think there's a Venn diagram of an imaginary player that's just going to bloody love this. And this might be their, their first real entry into a Final Fantasy. And if they want to finish it, they can finish it. 
this game will bend to make sure it's its slowest player makes the finish line. You know, it's very generous like that. It'll give you extra potions and shit to make sure that you get past any any challenge of which there isn't many. So there is a Venn diagram of a of someone who's curious about Final Fantasy. They maybe haven't played much or or at all. And then there's someone who's also at the same time curious about playing those character action games, those Devil May Cries and that. And again, they haven't really played those. Or they've played them and they're intimidated by their depth. So it's a very, you know, sort of a, a, a kind of newcomer-friendly audience. But there are very core audiences on either side of that Venn diagram that are kind of left a bit cold. Sad. Um, but then also... I don't really know how to tie this off in a nice way. It has left me very forlorn. Mm. Um, I just wish it. So I think my most damning thing in my heart that I said in my review is this is everything about this game is is broad. Like there is this tremendous scale, but it's all very very shallow. There is no real motivation to these characters. You're not going to really remember any of them except that they're all very beautiful. Uh, you won't care about who they are as people or, or how they get to the be where they are and where they're going. So their journey won't really mean much to you. And that's all a bit sad. So, you know, it's an approachable game. It looks fantastic. But I'm not sure... I don't think any Final Fantasy fans outside of the 14 crowd that worship Yoshi P are going to consign themselves to saying in public that they love this. It's going to be the newbies, and I'm not sure who else. But my last thing, uh, I want to play Final Fantasy 13 again. I've been so hard on that game. I've tried many, many times. But having pushed through this game, which had all the issues that I had with 13, mostly, except the, the writing was worse than 13, I thought, but the gameplay issues that were there are kind of here in its linearity and its re- reduction or, or, or obliteration of player progression in a meaningful way. Um, I think I've got to give it a second chance. I can't... So I'm going to give this game probably, I think, guys, maybe a 7.5 kind of is where I'm vibing. And I can't in good conscience give this game a 7.5 and keep ragging on 13. So, you know, maybe <laughs> there's a redemption story in there somewhere, but that's roundabout. So really conflicted on this one, folks. Mm. But I think that speaks to that X factor. Like, again, 15, not good, but, like, 15 I liked because the boys, like, and, and the music was incredible and, like, it just it just had a, it just had just enough to get it over the line. And I think that's part of the magic of Final Fantasy. Sometimes the setting just hits right. The cast hits right. You know, just a certain things will ping and it just hits right, you know. And so, you know, I think 13, for a lot of people, just didn't hit right, you know. Um, and I suspect that for 16, I think it's not going to hit right for a lot of people. Mm, I do too. Mm. Any questions, um, folks? I have a question. Do you feel like all of the promotion, all of the gameplay graphics, that kind of thing that was shown before you jumped in to the game, do you think that it was, it didn't prepare you for what you experienced it, in the game? It's set, so for me personally, good question. It's set far too high an expectation, uh, namely because, and this is a, so I want to raise something right now. People are playing the demo for this. The demo is remarkably similar to what Ralph and I played back in Japan. Mm. And that demo basically gives you a lot of mid slash late game powers to really spice up that early game and give it the flavor that it just does not have oh. in the organic experience. Do, do they get do you get the full suite of 
abilities in that mm. demo? Do they give mm-hmm. you all that stuff yeah, right? Demo, okay, because yeah. yeah. the 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 in the actual game, your powers come very slowly. Yeah, like you you are crawling slowly. for hours. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's a solid. I reckon. I would actually say you get a new suite of powers every. Every I thought it was five s- to six hours. Yeah, it's probably about that at least. Yeah, probably about that. Uh, and so, and it, at the beginning, it starts very slow. But then, as I said, it tits, hits that tipping point where when you get it all, it's kind of like you've got too much at that point, you know? So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. You're right, actually. I didn't know that they had all those abilities at the start in the demo. That's very interesting. Yeah, I just People, I reckon, are going to be. I've got friends that are replaying it. They're like, oh my God, yeah. this is so crazy. I'm like, that's not going to be the experience you have when you actually play it on day one, mate. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. Do you think I agree. maybe they're trying to cater to like a speedrun crowd or something? Because if the world is as empty as you say, or, you know, the environment isn't, doesn't feel as important, even though it's beautiful. Perhaps they're, I don't know, they're, they're going down that path. I would say for my 50-hour playtime, at least 30 of it would be cuts. <laughs> it feels like 30 really? of it was cutscenes. So no, no, no. We're absolutely. speed running cutscenes, baby. Absolutely. No, no. Wow. I, I, I do not think, I think it's very important for people to understand that 75% of this game is cutscenes. Like, it is not an exaggeration. It is not an exaggeration. So, uh, and, I, and I think that is, it's, again, that's, it's like, I'm trying to think of a game that I've played that's like that recently, a AAA game like that. I, I can't. Metal Gear, Metal Gear you think 4, of one? that was fucking full of cutscenes. Yep, yep. I mean, <laughs> that, yep, exactly, exactly. But like recently, right? Because well, I think yeah. what, what, we, Sorry. what we figured out this last generation is how to deliver story through gameplay moments. And you'd have your companion that you talk to. You'd have your, you know, your, the, you meet people in the open world and they advance the story and whatever. <clears throat> it's like, you know, there's so much story that is delivered to you th- while you're playing in this past console generation. Uh, and this has not learned those lessons. And again, it's like the MSQ in Final Fantasy XIV. Final Fantasy XIV MSQ is 95% cutscenes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But because there is this massive other game on the other side of it, you're okay with that. You're okay with that because you know that there's just so much waiting for you, but there's not anything waiting for you at the other side of this experience. Like the cutscenes are the experience. That's it. That's a nice so, way of putting it. Yeah, the cutscenes yeah. are the experience. And it was for yes. me. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I so, very quickly ask you boys now, Ralph, I'm not trying to get you to have a, a an hour back and forth with Nathan with this question. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. Let's go. Uh, let's do it. Crystal balls out, boys. What do we think with the future of Final Fantasy? Do we think it's gonna they're gonna try and refine this new like action style that they're going for? Do you think it'll be a hybrid like Ralph was saying with the seven remake, back to turn based? What do you Obviously, it's hard because if it if this game comes out and commercially is you know it goes gangbusters and you know it's one of those things that critics and general gamers disagree and people love it, then obviously they'll stick with it. But with your experience, where do you see it going, Ralph? Please, <laughs> I don't see them sticking with this. Like my, my gut tells me that there's going to be a lot of backlash to this. Mm. I think that the reviews are going to be a quite I think the reviews will be a bit mixed, but I think they'll be net positive. But I think when players themselves really get stuck into this and they're an hour 40 and they're like, what is this experience really? Into their $115 new purchase. Yeah, Correct. I really feel like people are going to be like, mm, I don't know about this because I just think, again, Final Fantasy, I, I, also in particular because Final Fantasy VII Remake's model of turn-based combat is so successful. It's like, well, it's right there. You know what I mean? But, but even then, I just think there's something to this that people are going to realize that 
it's a loss. Like we had Stranger of Paradise, you know what I mean? We even had Final Fantasy 15 with its like Nomura inspired action combat and whatever. But even that had a party eventually with the DLC. This, I just think they will look at as, I, I think it will be cool to keep this alive in the side, in the spinoffs. You know, oh, agree. And again, yeah. the strangers this was a weird paradise. choice for a main mainline entry. Yeah, and I think this will encourage Square to keep this kind of combat alive <clears> in the spin-offs. But my gut tells me they'll probably return to a more actiony style of turn-based, party-based combat in the future because I really believe it's vastly superior. I really do. So, and I like character action, by the way. Like I love. You know, I played Evil West. Evil West. Do anyone else play that? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Okay. So like Evil West is actually so such an important touch point for this, I think, because um, this game is actually closest to Evil West in many ways if you had hours and hours and hours of cutscenes in between each combat encounter. It's not like God of War because God of War has all this other stuff, right? It's like Evil West where it's just about the combat and the cutscenes. Yeah, right. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And Evil West rules, by the way. It's really good. Go play it if you haven't. It's Absolutely. Yeah, my, my, my crystal ball comes up opaque on this one because I haven't been able to quite figure out what what <clears throat> excuse me what Square Enix's trend has been with the last batch of, of Final Fantasy games since since twelve effectively like all the modern ones from thirteen onwards is they've all been a, an eclectic mm. mix of different styles of fast paced with interspersed with some you know minor turn based tactical decision making uh, this is just balls to the wall hack and slash this one yeah. and it yeah it, it doesn't have enough meat on the bone to make me wonder if, if they're going to do it again next time around um, but I'd love to see them develop this in the in the spin-offs for sure well that was going to be the question that was one of the questions I was going to ask do you think this would be more uh, or that you would have been less uh, disappointed if it was just a spin-off. Personally, I would have been less disappointed, yes. And, and that's just because I'm a bit petty and mm. I have expectations of the series because I grew up with it, you know, mm. the yeah. part on my sleeve. That's so, true. I agree so this, with that. I agree. The, the second question is why after 15 entries would <laughs> they take such a drastic step why to... Why they do this? Yeah, mm. to, um, I don't say alienate the loyal fans, but, you know, You've built up this legion of fans over many, many years, and then you just pull the rug from underneath them completely with a whole different style of game. Well, I mean, Yoshi P talks about this when we when I met him, he spoke about it, and he's he frames it in a way where he believes that Final Fantasy is an aging franchise, and he believes that it needs regeneration and that it needs to tap into, you know, the idea of he says, you know you have gamers these days who have never played turn-based games. They play Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty. They expect instantaneous feedback. And so therefore he feels as though uh, that, you know, an action game, a real-time action game is a requirement. But I'm like, but again, I was like, well, no, because Final Fantasy VII Remake is right there and it's showing you how you could do this while still making it an action game hybrid. And also Final Fantasy XV was essentially an action game if you really want to slice it that way. So... I think he has a vision of a need, like he has a view that this has to happen for the franchise to evolve and tap into a new audience. But I don't agree with him on that. I didn't agree with him when he said it to me over there. And I definitely don't agree with him now having played through his game. So, yeah. What a fascinating journey this has been. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, Almost as long as good. one of those cutscenes. 
Zing. It's been very fascinating hearing you both talk about it and um, I don't think anything that you guys have said have actually made me want to play the game. So thank you for saving me a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel bad because like I... I don't know how I'm going to title my review. I, I'm not recommending this, but I'm also not. I'm also not not recommending it mm. because Final Fantasy is so special to people, and I know that some people are going to play this and they're going to love the things that it is doing because of how much this series means to them. But you know, I'm not. I'm not going out there saying people should buy Final Fantasy 16 because I. I people are buying PS5s for this man. I know. Oh, doing that. No. What the fuck? On the plus side, when they have those PS5s, the what retro regrade seven remake is right there for them. So you know, it'll exactly. be <laughs> valid. And they can play Evil West. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Buy Evil West on PS5. In the gutters of Twitter, there's been some. I've seen some discourse um, about you know how they're talking about like this year with all the different Goatee nominations, and I and I see Final Fantasy 16 in that uh, in that mix. Yeah, yeah. You oh, reckon really? that's gonna? Yeah, you reckon that's gonna oh, stick? Never crossed my mind that this would be a goatee contender. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I'm not trying to be rude. It's just never. No, I, I definitely thought that it could, be, as in, like it's that kind of game where everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this has got a shot of it, right?" The it's, yeah, it's a default exactly. assumption based on its yeah. budget, basically. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely, I would be very surprised if this gets a Game of the Year nomination over the likes of so many games that have come out this year, like, I mean, Dead Space and Resi. Zelda, Resident Evil, like, you know, so many, just just tons. And there's more to come, obviously, and with Starfield and Alan Remnant Wake. 2. And I'm, I'm rooting Alan for Alan Wake. Wake. <laughs> Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, let's go. Yeah, like, let's know. go. So there's, you know, I, I, I can't see this one getting a look in, mm. uh, in, the, in that. So, yeah. Yeah, right. If this, yeah. if this, if this, sorry, and I know you that you, that you've got to go, but I got one last question that's more uh, bigger. But if, if this does flop, let's say commercially, it doesn't really do very well because it is only on PlayStation. So, mm. what happens? What do you think Square go? Like, what does Square do? Because they haven't, they had a few flops now. I, I don't see this flopping. I see this selling a boatload, okay. right? Okay. Um, and I, I just see it. That's just it's just that kind of game where it's going to sell. And Final Fantasy 15 sold. You know what I mean? Final Fantasies, <laughs> Final Fantasies will always sell. I don't think that's an issue for Square, but I think that what they will probably, I don't think this is going to hit the heights that they might have hoped for it. Mm. Um, but luckily, they've got 14 as their cash cow, and they also have, you know, and remake of Rebirth or whatever it is, part two on the way. Uh, so they're fine. Like Square Enix are just trimming their portfolio naturally anyway because of <clears throat> all the bad bets they've made over the years. <laughs> But um, look, I definitely see this being commercially successful for sure, for sure. Well, what they need is a sequel to The Bouncer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> quiet, the Quiet Man too. That's it. Oh. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, dear. Look, f- 15 sold 10 million copies. So mm. There you go. I did it really. Fuck oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. Which is it's oh, still, nerds. if you compare that, well, back then, that's a, that's a big number for back then because nowadays you're looking at your, your marquee P- PlayStation exclusive selling... 15 to 20 million copies of pop. But even back then, you know, 10 million is still pretty solid for, for what was that, 2015? That rings a bell mm, for Final mm. Fantasy 15? No, but as uh, of May last year, it was yeah, sure, 10 million. Sure, yep. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I'm sure this is going to do, do I'm, I'm sure it'll sell 10 million as well over its life. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that at all. No way. Cool. All righty. Ralph, thanks for joining us. I know you got to shut off. and uh, Our pleasure. 
It was it was good therapy for me. I needed to <laughs> make sure I wasn't crazy. So that's good because I was like, what? How, how can I think this? I, I must be wrong. So it's nice to hear that I'm not the only one that thinks. Hope we've positively influenced your review, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or perhaps help you organise your thoughts at least. Exactly. Well, that go. was it. That's exactly what it is. So, yes, cool. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Great seeing you guys. Awesome. And, uh, nice, nice meeting uh, you guys. And I'll see you guys later. Speak soon. Thanks, mate. See you, man. What a lovely guy. What a legend. We do love Ralph. Big fans on the podcast. He's a big fan. He's a celebrity, isn't he? Yeah. All right. Final Fantasy, eh? Who wants to keep talking Final Fantasy? Fucking hell. Yeah, let's uh, all downhill from here, mate. Look, I, I feel a little bit dumb because, like, I honestly, the biggest community... Like around Final Fantasy, I've seen is the MMO. So like, oh, hell yeah, yeah. So like, am I wrong? No, not that? at all. Like, no, I just think huge. it's a really interesting like sort of market and zeitgeist flip that we've sort of seen about this franchise that has historically been this, you know, sort of single player, you know, console mm. experience to have gone on to become what it is today, largely because of the dude that's in charge of this new game, right? Like Yoshi yeah. P is the guy that steered this thing into becoming what it is. And then so to see, you know, sort of the end result of, of that uh, market push that he's made. Uh, I just think it's really interesting. And, and the journey of 14 is, is uh, unlike yeah. most of these games where their journey is literally the year they were released, maybe the following year when they get some DLC, 14 has evolved tremendously yeah. since 2013. Like, it, it, you got to remember, it closed down. Like, yeah, it was they just dead. shut yeah. that shit down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was the same producer. Like, it was the same team. Mm. And then they revived it. And now it's... Well, yeah. The best MMO. It's. I mean, yeah, it's <sighs> phenomenal. Yeah. This <laughs> is going to be a dumb question. Mm. Final Fantasy, just very, very quickly, because it's a simple answer. Do people still play this on console? Final Fantasy fourteen. Like, is that still a thing? I've only ever played it yeah. on console. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit half half from what I see. 50-50. I've got okay. a. Yeah. I've got a super 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 quick question. When was because I know it's divisive because everyone's like, oh, my favorite's nine, my favorite seven, I like three. <laughs> When was yep. the last Ooh. like cum- like agreed upon good Final Fantasy game? Because I'm trying to think like so. Fifteen is divisive. Fourteen yeah. is obviously what it is. Thirteen, yep. I think everyone collectively hates. Yep. Twelve, like Zodiac Age, is kind of an outlier that doesn't really get talked about. Is it? You get you love it or hate it. Like an eleven again was another online. Was it ten in like? 2000 or 2001? 201, I think. That is fucking wild to me. And I think 10 was like kind of the peak of the series prestige and then it kind of got a bit mixed bag over the years from there. Because I was like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, they've had a couple of rough ones the last the last few. And then I, the more I thought about it, I was like, well, when's when was the last non-rough Final Fantasy game? I it sounds like my seven. dating history, Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, truly. <laughs> I do think Seven Remake, uh, I mean, Nathan excluded, obviously, I, I think did bring everybody yeah. into the fold. And that 100%. includes new players as well. You know, so like I do think that's probably the last time that you saw like this mass agreement that like they had for done sure. something correctly. But it's it's, um, it's but definitely of, a yeah. remake though, isn't it? Like it's yeah. for yeah. numbered entries for well, you to go for like yeah. almost yeah. two decades of having divisive or outright, you know, agreed upon mm-hmm. that they're shit games. It's very odd for such a beloved franchise. Yeah. I mean, I would kind of say that that's sign of a healthy franchise, that if game to game everyone has a different 
understanding of what has made it good or what hasn't worked for them. Like I think with a franchise, having a fan base as wide as that, I think if you had ubiquitous agreement the entire time, it'd be a pretty fucking boring fan base, right? Like I like the idea that everyone has taken something from each iteration of this franchise, which is why to me, this one is ultimately so disappointing is because it's like the homogenization of a franchise that has, you know, historically played it so fast and loose with what it can be. And, you know, not always to its benefit. Um, But that creativity breeds interesting sicko fans, you know, and this just seems like none of that to me. It's a weird series. It's a real weird series. I think, I feel like they're, they're trying to modernize. Um, They're moving away from a lot of the things that I think OG Final Fantasy players Mm. really loved about the franchise, which is, yeah. Look, it's a it's a balancing act. You you want to stay relevant. You want to you know try and bring in new players. That's all well and good. But if you're gonna, you know, excuse my French, piss off your your already existing <laughs> fan base. Like, come on. Like that's. Yeah. I don't. I think that's. It's not a vibe. It's one of those when you try to please everyone, you please no one, kind mm. of situations. Yeah. And yeah, I'll be I'll be really interested to see what, pe- like general players think of this. Like I've, I've now, oh, so will I. yeah, like hearing from, from critics is one thing, not to, to shit on your opinions, Nathan, that's not where I was trying to go with that, <laughs> but like I'm keen to see what the general population thinks of it. I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. For sure. Couldn't agree more. Go on, Zach. Look, if Ari away. fans can uh, get around Big Ethan, I think uh, <laughs> Square fans can, uh, Square fans, uh, Final Fantasy fans can get around Big Clive. Interesting point. Love, yeah, love Big Clive. I'll be curious to see. Clive, though, I mean, it's a character name. You won't what a fucking shit name! Like, honestly, what conversation? Of all who the is names, in that, like, of the, all the they names, were, I can imagine them just in the boardroom, like, with their, Clive. I don't know what they would have had. They yeah. would have had some a sort big of white like, whiteboard, yeah. yeah, maybe like a so clear is, one to be, you know, really futuristic yes, and just like all the names on there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and just like Clive, like written on there, like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, underline it a few times. Has there ever been a good Clive? <laughs> well, that, that's what I want to posit with this review, eh? Um, yeah. Notable Clive's in history. But James, um, I, think, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. They went to cross it out, but they accidentally underlined it and underlined someone just <laughs> someone ran with it accidentally. It's like, oh, Yoshi's really into Clive. The naming conventions in this game are really odd. And obviously I've talked about Sid, who is shortened from Sidolphus, which is oh. already a, a, a bonkers name. He has a daughter whose name is, get this, three letters, Mid. <laughs> <laughs> Go with it. Well, and it just gets worse from there. Like it's real, is it short for Mid-Office? <laughs> Look, I I do I do remember this um, young girl entrepreneur. I think she was seven or eight years old, and she actually yeah she actually helped uh, people give their children a Western name. So like, oh. for example, people were giving their their child uh, the name Sunshine, you know, because obviously the but the translation mm. to English for something that's bright, you know. Mm, uh, right. Anyway. So she people paid her one dollar to help name their children. Like there's and there's a lot of people that live in China that are having babies, you know what I mean? So oh. anyway, she became like a millionaire helping <laughs> helping people give $1. their children oh. Western names. Now I'm telling you right now, that would have cost them four bucks <laughs> to help them name these characters. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's good. Oh my days. Oh. 
let's uh, let's push forward. Um, so we will, yeah. So Nathan's reviews out now. I think, yeah. Well, of course it is because you listen to yeah, this okay, podcast, yeah. so it's definitely out <laughs> now. Uh, we also are doing a video review, so hopefully the video review that is out now or coming in the, in the very near future is good because it's our first crack at one that's not been done by Ash. So um, fingers crossed. Whew. That's All meant right. to be positive. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> I, I feel I'm, really I'm, reassured right now. I am How's that back great end feel, Nathan? I'm excited. No, no, no. It's, um, I'm very excited to see how, how, how it is. But, you know, the first one or two might be a little bit um, bit iffy, but we'll... Um, You're not helping. Here. Stop digging. <laughs> just, we just need some love. Support us. You're lucky you've got that charming smile. I hope that's in the I video. Do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Nathan, James is your middle name. It's not, but it could be. Uh, James, talk to me about Unholy. Sorry, I meant to say James, but I said Nathan. Is oh, oh, good oh, save. We were teed up for case. such an incredible segue there, but that's, that's fine. We can talk about Unholy <laughs> instead. That's that's okay. Um, no, Unholy is um, a new indie horror title from a developer whose name is something I have had in front of me, Duality Games. Um, so as far as I can tell, these guys have not done a huge amount in this space before. And so this seems like their first big kind of strike out at it. Um, it is a first person um, horror experience. It, it it looks like everything you've played before in this space, right? You know, you've got notes that you'll be finding on the ground. You've got doors you can swing open by pushing the mouse. You know, it's very dark. It's very spooky. Uh, you're playing as a woman named uh, Dorothea, whose son has recently died in a tragic fire. Uh, this fire took place in a sort of a religious commune. Uh, it seems like the size of a city block, though. This is obviously a very powerful religion. Um, her son dies. She becomes an outcast in this society and a mysterious woman approaches her and says, Hey, I can help you get your son back. But to do that, you've got to traverse into the world of the unholy. Uh, and the unholy world is a kind of like twisted reality in which it's got very like metal horror aesthetics, very grungy, very dirty, very edgy. But in a way I found genuinely pretty compelling. Um, the demo that we got to play was three different stages. You can play this demo now on Steam, by the way, so you can make up your own mind on it. Um, you explore the real world, you find notes, you, you do your, your normal daylight stuff. Uh, you enter into event, uh, essentially the Stranger Things upside down, which is that real world again with a blue filter. Um, and in this world, you find a mask and a slingshot. This is like your kid's slingshot that then gets turned into a kind of like spooky magical sl slingshot by the old lady. Um, you put on the mask, you traverse into the unholy world. It's in this world here that the kind of like tropey, cliched mechanics of the indie horror space kind of get subverted a little bit in a way that I described as it's kind of like a bargain bin dishonored. And I mean that as a compliment. Um, so the mask has different like filters that you can put on to help you see like interactive objects. Um, there are other filters that are going to be in the game that we didn't get to see, obviously. Um, the slingshot fires emotion pellets. Um, so you can find, let's say like anger and sadness. Um, so I think anger is you fire a little electrical charge that you can use to interact with uh, puzzles. You can turn off spotlights from the enemies that are looking for. You can stun certain other enemies. Sadness is a little stealth cloud that you can shoot onto the ground and sneak your way through because there are stealth mechanics in this as well. Um, pretty short demo all, all up. So we only got a very brief glimpse at this thing, but overall, I'm impressed by what I've seen so far. It seems ambitious. Um, can't wait to sort of check out the, the full release, but 
a lot of potential here. So it's coming, I don't know if you have seen this, but it is actually releasing on July 20. Oh, is it? Oh, there you go. Yeah. I thought, I was going to tell you before you did, did your preview, but then I forgot. It was only until... You know, it does say launches July 20 at the end of my preview. So I knew in somewhere in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually July 21st in Australia because, you know, Steam Ah. time zones and whatnot. Bummer, you know. Yeah. Bad journo. Bad journo. Oh, that sounds really cool. I'd love to um, shoot some anger or sadness at some people. Who doesn't want to shoot anger and sadness? Are they are they uh-huh. like happy? Euphemism. Can you just make them like so happy that they're just like, yeah, sure, come come through, totally. There, <laughs> there were other emotions. <laughs> um, I can't remember what they were exactly, but there are going to be, I think, five different types in the final game. Okay, so hopefully, happy could be one? one of them. Well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> like I feel like that's more, like, yeah, like joy, like jolly. It's just like yeah, totally, yeah. you're one of yeah. us. Come, come through, yeah, a little sass. Yeah. Yeah. Time to pitch like a horror themed Care Bears game, I think. <gasps> Why not? But not mm. jank, like not like scary bears. Just like keep no. them cute. But just put them in a horrific setting. Because, <laughs> I mean, in the world of Unholy, it's all centered like, around like, this like very maternal figure who is uh, getting her followers to self immolate while being like, oh, it burns so good, mum. So, so Lilith. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Like it's, it's a Mr. great exactly. She it's is a great mother. For Lilith types, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, yeah, you can read your preview on the website. You did another preview as well. I did. So we were talking before about franchises that are, you know, attempting to learn modern lessons and find new audiences for long running series um, from software coming off of a decade of, you know, arguably some of the most successful games in the action adventure space have decided no, fuck off. We're just going to make another Armored Core game and it's going to be an Armored Core game. Um, that is either going to really resonate with you or it's going to turn you off pretty much straight away. It just depends on where you land on the Armored Core series. We haven't seen one of these games in, I think, 12 or so years. It's It's been quite a while, um, 10 years. So the last one was uh, Armored Core 5, which wasn't long? received particularly well or sold particularly well. Um, and so to, for FromSoft to take, you know, this massively successful decade that they've had and say, here is, you know, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon from the director of Sekiro. Um, a very shocking decision, I think, for a lot of people who sort of watch where FromSoft is going and sort of, you know, may, may want to use their market share. But from what we've seen, which was a, a hands-off uh, sort of mission walkthrough, um, there is a, a little bit of, of their modern lessons in there. They gave a presentation talking about how there is no way that they could be the From Software they are today and not learn something and, and put it into Armored Core. You know, I think that just by nature of the team growing and changing, that is going to happen. Um, that hasn't really changed the fundamentals of the game. You're still going to be in a giant mech with, you know, hundreds of customization options. Each limb can have three weapons on it. it it's There's a very intricate detailed system system sort of underpinning the Armored Core franchise, which is a staple for it. Um, and what is an Armored yeah. Core game? Sorry, James. Sorry. What is an Armored Core an game? Ar- armored Core game is a open zone mission-based video game in which you get in a giant mech and you fight other giant mechs and then you get some money for fighting those mechs and you can use that money to upgrade your mech to fight better mechs in the, the next mission. <laughs> um, it's a vaguely... Perfect connected post-apocalyptic world very very like late 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 stage capitalism so everything you do is you are hired as a freelancer by certain companies um there are i think that the name of one of the antagonistic groups is rad uh 
capital R, lowercase a, capital D. Um, so this is a world that's in, in, inhabited by, you know, eco-terrorists and, and yada, yada, yada. It, it's, a, it's an intensely political series without doing a lot with that because it's not traditionally telling its stories. I think a lot of people miss what's going on in Armored Core, but it does have a lot to say. Um, all of that definitely seems present in Fires of Rubicon. Uh, based on what I've seen, you start missions with like a little pre-briefing. Um, there was a lot of stuff in there about that world. They are currently in the grips of a substance called Coral, which we don't really have any context on still. But the idea remains the same, that you jump in, you fight giant robots, you look cool as shit doing it, you eventually get to a massive from soft boss battle, yada, 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 you sort of, you know, the drill. It's it's a pretty simple loop, but because of the complexity in the mech uh, customization and the kind of like massive verticality that goes into these environments that they've built, uh, that is where the bulk of the, the thrill of Armored Core comes along. Um, this is still going to be very much a single player campaign. Um, it will still be mission-based. This is an open world by any stretch of the imagination. There will be PvP um, multiplayer, but that is the extent of any sort of multiplayer experience. So this isn't, you're going to be jumping in with your friends in the way you did with Elden Ring, for example, which I was a little disappointed by, but I also can't deny how thrilling it is to see From Software just be utterly unapologetically from software and continue to make armored core. So um, I came away from this little preview. Like, obviously I'm jazzed on this game already. I'm very excited to see where this goes. I can't wait to actually play this thing. Uh, Cause I think in the, the actual movement of this mech is going to be, you know, if this makes or breaks. Look, if you want to get a, a head start and just, you know, he's going to say heavy rain. What? <laughs> why don't you play uh override or override two or heavy metal? Uh, Excellent choices. Override. Both brilliant choices, mate. You can go mech over fighters, it, mate. Uh, can... Okay. I'm, try- I'm trying to think of mech game and I fucked up. I said heavy rain. That's not a mech game at all. Is yeah, it? I was like, oh, where did you just... pull that from? I was thinking like heavy metal or something. Yeah. What, where did I go? <laughs> you went to uh, Heavy Gear, which is the one. Heavy Gear, thank you. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. I play that on the PC, yeah. No, Overwrite, overrides that um, the mech fighter. Which oh, is... no. I reviewed that. That is not a good video game. Did you Fuck really? <laughs> that was yeah. my first review, James. And no, oh, it is not a good hey. game. <laughs> yeah, look at you. You and me. You and me. Uh, I'm just <laughs> um, does anyone to... have any questions about Armored Core before we move on? Do you have I any? We just need to wait for you to play it. Yeah. Do you have any experience with the, the, the series up until I this am... point? I have largely experienced this series through YouTube retrospectives yeah. and Let's Plays because they are yep. really hard to get on modern hardware. Um, it's it's one of those things where I would love to just boot it up on a PS5, but I can't invest you know, yep. $200 to track down a physical copy for my PS3. Um, so it's a bit of a shame I haven't actually got to go hands-on with this, but obviously massive from software guy, and I think that it's a natural progression that I become a bit of a Nexic- Mexico next. <laughs> That's your evolution. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I played some of these on the PS2 when I was a teenager and I really gritted my teeth to try and persevere with them to try and... Because there was something. There was a spark. There was definitely a magic in there. I couldn't get to it though because I could not get past the such arcane control schemes used to control these mechs and the yeah. menus and it's so dense. Totally um, agreed. Um, and let, look, let's hope that's easy. Well, I will say on, on that. So the gameplay they released to the public doesn't have the um, UI and stuff in, involved, but the, the behind closed scenes demo that we got um, did have a full on, you know, it, it was the game doing what the game does. Um, and the movement does seem much more streamlined this time. Um, so, you know, you hard lock onto a, a, um, a target and you will be sort of, gliding around that thing. They've slowed it down from Armored Core 5, which if anyone hasn't seen footage of Armored Core 5, it moves too fast. It is sickening. It, it's it's way too much. Um, this looks 
manageable to the eye, which is nice. Nice. Very cool. Uh, I think that is pretty much it for content. I don't think we've got anything else to talk about. Do you want to give us one minute, two minutes, maybe just two minutes absolute max of Layers of Fear because I know that that, that, that was lost in the oh, void as well. Yes. Um, yeah, it's probably better that way. No, uh, look, <laughs> Layers of Fear, uh, Blueber Team, um, Unreal Engine 5 remaster of all of the game, well, both of the games, all of their DLC as well as some additional new DLC that kind of ties everything up narratively. Um, look, it's... It's a solid collection of bad games, it, it, I guess is how I would best describe this. I, I think that if you liked these games, you're going to love this because they look fantastic now. Um, the haptic feedback on the PS5 is a nice addition, but they are still very much the games that they always were. Um, you know, tasteless writing, pretty dull sort of repetitive loop of first person exploration in a spooky haunted house setting. Um, didn't do much for me. Um, I think that your reviews out there are pretty, they encompass the gambit of, of how people feel about this kind of horror. If you like jump scares and cheap shit, you know, I think you'll have a good time. I enjoy cheap <laughs> shit myself all the time. This is not my kind of it though. So I did, did not particularly care for layers of fear. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. We, um, I think we're the anchor on, uh, I, I, on- yeah, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be with you there. Mate. But look, Don't I mean, worry. to be fair, the difference between a 4.5 and a five, it's not much. No, no. I can tell you right now that counts in a lot of ways. I mean, the optics alone, but. <laughs> <laughs> we've, um, we've been there before, haven't we? <laughs> it's not your first rodeo. No, it is not. No, it is not. Won't be my last. Absolutely. <laughs> Bring it on. Love's a challenge. Um, yes. All right. Well, speaking of James and his beautiful voice, let's head to the news. I know. Yeah. Look, how about how about I just kick it over to you to start off? That way you can talk for a little bit. I know how much you enjoy talking. Um, <laughs> AFL twenty three. We've had a bit of a news blowout this week. Uh, Want to walk us through uh, some updates? Oh, mate, I would love to. Let's let's you know grab your little short shorts, put on some deep heat. Let's let's go for a jog. Let's you know get have okay. some stretches, boys. Is this uh, streamed anywhere or no. <laughs> no? You know, you know, we're not about <laughs> streaming. We've been over this. Does so, it smell like Vicks vapor rub, or does it have its oh, own? I fucking kind of love that. DP. DP like, has I love it. I froth it. Got its own. Does smell. it have a smell? Deep, yeah, oh, yeah. Deep yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you'll know it. Okay. DP and Old Spice should collab. Just saying. Oh. <laughs> That's a very interesting taste. Not bad. DP rocks. A real herbal um, concoction there. I'd brush my teeth with DP. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to know where else you. Where else would you put that DP? I would definitely would not put tell it. Us any, about, uh, t- tell us about. Tell us about AFL. Jesus, abort. <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> so, uh, so so, AFL. <laughs> yes, A four twenty three. We know we've we've covered it a lot. We've yeah, it's had a rough launch. We know that, but um, so a couple of updates came out this week. The Xbox version of the game has been delayed again. Uh, So it was meant to launch with uh, the game initially on May 4, but then it was pushed to a June, undisclosed June date, um, believing to be shipping reasons or supply chain reasons on the physical versions. Uh, That has now blown out to a August date or late July at best but uh, it says here that 
uh, Xbox discs will be at retailers at the end of July, early August. So I'm going to assume it's going to be an August date um, on that one. Um, this makes me think that perhaps maybe it wasn't just a shipping issue, but I don't, you know, I don't want to speculate. Um, cause the other reason why I think that is that the games pro team, which is the ultimate team equivalent, um, if you, you know, or if you played, um, like my team, I think it's, it's called on NBA, uh, 2k. It's like the one where you basically go online, purchase packs, uh, win cards, I uh, win players in terms of cards, build a better team, blah, 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 blah. Go, you know, spend lots of mum's money on a credit card uh, with this one. So, so, so protein was the, the version of that for AFL. And that was, that was confirmed by the CEO of Big Ant to be included in the game on launch. There is a post on a popular football forum that I've just I've referenced here before where he confirms it is coming to the game on launch. Like that mode was not in the game on launch. Right, uh, but they've also put out a statement uh, this week or last week, sorry, saying that it is still in the testing phase on PlayStation and PC. No mention of Xbox. <laughs> so when this, news, when this news came out that um, Xbox had kind of been pushed back, perhaps there was some thinking that this mode was, was just being held back and then launching when, when Xbox did have that game. Um, uh, sorry, so when the game did come out on Xbox. I don't know, I can't recall off the top of my head if there's crossplay. I want to say there is crossplay, so maybe that could be why, so people aren't getting uh, any kind of unfair advantage. Um, but yeah, it's only in the, t- it's still in the, it's currently in the testing phase, which, what does that even mean? Like, you know, like how far away is that? Who knows? Um, it makes me wonder why they would even bother with this at this point. And I, like, I know the game's only been out for six weeks or seven weeks almost, but it's like this is something that they probably should save or they should have saved um, until the next version that they do because clearly they've got a lot of work to do mm. on the gameplay side of things. And if you read like, I mean, like I, I read that forum quite a bit because that's, that, that's a very active community and like a lot of people. And if you, the, it's like a roller coaster. The, the one, one patch will set the game back two or three patches, right, you know, uh, tackling will be fucked on, on Monday. It'll be patched again on a Thursday and then it'll be fucked again by the Sunday, right? So um, it's a wild ride. So, yeah, so the fact that this isn't even in testing phase based on this uh, tweet that they've put out on Xbox makes me think that the Xbox version is just, well, it's just fucked maybe. I, I, I don't know. Um, so there's that. And then we also got, and this has a little bit of a asterisk on it, so I do want to talk about uh, another side of this, but um, based on Steam Steam Database's data, uh, less than 100 players are playing this game a day on Steam. On average, sorry, I should say. So there's probably more across the day than 100, but at any one given time, there's never more than... 100 in the past like 10 or so days, I think it was, or it'd be more now because I did this two days ago. So it'd be nearly like two weeks ago. Um, and I've had a quick look here and there and it's, yeah, it's not, the highest was 88 on like last Tuesday. So like a week ago as of recording or something like that. Um, so this game is not, and it peaked at like 360 something on, on launch day. So now, the CEO of Began has actually reached out to me to say that they don't use Steam DB's online libraries 
I have no fucking clue what that means. Um, and that they actually use uh, some Microsoft uh, database or whatever, right? Um, so perhaps there's more people playing online than what is being shown here. I'm going to take him at his word for the moment. Um, but I, I feel like Steam database is a pretty true reflection. Consistently in, reliable. In, yeah. So yeah. I just, you know, I don't really know. And I don't know enough about the other uh, to, uh, system. And I don't quite understand. Like my brain can't comprehend. Maybe I'm just too much of an idiot. But my brain can't comprehend how a game that is on Steam, how Steam can't accurately reflect that data. Like I don't, to me that doesn't make any sense Well, I mean, me, but yeah, them saying, oh, we don't use that as our metric doesn't mean that it's not accurate. Well, I don't think he's, I don't think it was that. I think it's, um, I have to go find the email. Also, I'd imagine but, that the lion's share of people are playing on console as well. Like an hmm. AFL game doesn't well, strike me as something that people would be like, <laughs> fuck, PC, can't wait to yeah. get home and jump on my PC to play it. Well, I did think that right, and I was—I actually had written that in this article, but then I deleted it because I do—I have read again, and this is limited to that footy forum. A lot of people on that footy forum play on PC. Mm. Um, yeah, but so maybe there is something in this. It's Steam mm. libraries. I yeah. don't know what that is. Right, like I don't know what Steam libraries is. Right, so, and the other one is the Microsoft-owned PlayFab. Never heard of it, so I—I get I, no idea like what that is. Right, how that would work. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, you know, the numbers don't look good. Mm. Um, people, uh, you know, and rightly they're jumping off because this game is just yeah. struggling. It's, it's really um, unfortunate because like, obviously I could give two fucks about AFL or an AFL game, but you know, someone who you know, has plenty of mates that are very, very much into football and we're really looking forward to the like finally a good AFL game coming out after years and years of, you know, a drought. Like it's, yeah, it's upsetting because you see all those people disappointed and obviously it's a game that's only played here. So it doesn't have worldwide appeal. So it's not like, Oh, another studio will pick it up or I'll just play the other AFL game. There is no other AFL game. This is it. And it's unfortunate mm. that they have to, Yeah. It's um in a lot of ways. Oh, in some ways, I, this would be a system seller to you know to a certain yeah, no, degree. Absolutely. Like 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 there would be people who are hanging out for a new AFL game, and then yeah, hundred percent. Um, and it's yeah, yeah, like you know we've spoken about it previously. It is frustrating because there are the bones of a good game are there, but it just it's just yeah, it needs mm. more meat. That's which is a common theme. Tonight, uh, it just needs more meat on those bones. You are correct. Um, well, speaking I, of adding more meat sports. to the bone. Uh, oh. <laughs> yep. No, that was it. Oh, that was it? You're good? Yeah. Right. yeah Excellent. Sustained. Second of my amazing segues that you've fucked tonight, but that's okay. I will learn <laughs> to forgive you. Um, it is okay. Zach. Um, <laughs> High on Life is getting DLC. Um, the vaguely homophobic knife seems to be the star of this one. It is called High on Knife. There's no release date yet. Um, but, you know, there's more High on Life if anyone was keen on that. You going to review this one for us? No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. 
I love the finality. Well, I haven't. I haven't read this review. Um, I, it's a cracker. Don't. Maybe I, don't. I I did a first impression for uh, High on Life when it came out, so um, I, I can. Im- okay, quite a spicy one then. Um, yes. I don't know. Like honestly, it's a game. It's a game that doesn't take itself too seriously, and yes, it is tacky to some. I'm sure. Uh, but I think there's probably, I think they're definitely riding the Rick and Morty train mm. in regards to entertainment, uh, which, you know, is suitable to a particular audience. It's might not be for everyone. Uh, but I think within, within that, within that lens, I think it was kind of fun. Yeah, that's fine. Like I I, I'm aware that I'm an outlier on this one. Yeah, but very much so. Look, yeah. I think I think there are some there are some points in the game <laughs> where it's like, you know, um, funny for the sake of funny, or like trying to be like funny for like no reason. I, I can I can get that, but the whole tacky vibe, the whole like it gives me like really like cringe nineties vibes. Like I think yeah, I th- unfortunately um, it it it. Uh, Oh my god! I just saw the cat's tail, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Oh my god! I totally got thrown off then. See, if we were live, everyone would be able to see Nathan's cat's tail. I know. That's it. <laughs> and, and, and anyway, delayed reaction. Because <laughs> I was Look. too busy looking at the person no, I'm talking to. No, you're good. You're good. I'm sorry to throw you off. No, it's fine. That can just be cut out. Speaking of threes. Uh, Payday 3 is getting some, has some news. Look, if you know, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Payday 3 developer Starbreeze has confirmed that uh, crossplay and they've also confirmed their pricing structure for the game and the DLC plans for the game. This was done in a little blog post on Steam uh, where a Starbreeze representative confirmed that the game will support crossplay on all platforms, um, which is kind of neat. Uh, and in regards to the DLC, the method will be similar to Payday 2. There are two different season passes. There's a gold, which comes with four uh, four bits. Uh, so you've got four heist, four tailor packs, and four we- weapon packs, while the silver only has two of each. Um, so it's the gold is twelve months of data, uh, data sorry of content, and the silver is uh, six months of content. Uh, each DLC uh, will be available for purchase separately if you don't um, partake in any season pass shenanigans. Uh, when it comes to pricing, the game itself it's actually not too bad. Only sixty bucks if you get the standard edition, so that's all right. Silver, one hundred five dollars for that one. Uh, on PC and 110 on consoles. Gold is 135 on PC and 146 on consoles. Um, well, that's taking the piss, yeah. isn't it? Especially when you only get four new heists. That doesn't. That doesn't. The game comes with. I can't tell you that because that was in in. Uh, comes with a number of heists, and the DLC. <laughs> amount is less than that and we'll move on from the uh it's an interesting value proposition considering you know we'll, when a uh, desk yeah we'll talk more yes. about it um when uh we can 
when we can. Well, I mean, look, speaking of threes, uh, Phasmophobia <laughs> is coming to consoles. Uh, this what is the, the <laughs> this is that um, it's been in PC early access for quite some time now. Yeah. I know that this is sort of taking the Twitch community by storm. Uh, very fun, uh, very great community driven horror experience uh, will be on PS5, <laughs> PSVR2, Xbox Series X and S in early access in August. Um, cool. Very, very into this. I, I always like when small horrors blow up like this and, and find their their fan base. It was massive, like, just as COVID was kicking off. Everyone was, mm. you know, stuck at home and couldn't do anything else. So it really found its feet during those, oof, weirdly mm. enough, like, couple of years. Um, but yeah, COVID to, isn't scary enough, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, coming to PSVR 2, I will absolutely be getting around it there for That's sure. That's a good get. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, if you are picking up Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon on a PS4, you will be able to get a free PS5 upgrade. Um, this is a practice that has fallen out of favor with Sony first-party titles, but third parties are still occasionally offering it. Um, not much to say beyond that, but it's just it's always a nice touch for uh, PS4 players. Hell yeah, we love free upgrades here. We do love free upgrades. Yeah, for sure. Like, honestly, Xbox does it really, really well, so... They do. Yeah. They they missed really o- do. Missed opportunity, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's very consumer friendly. So, uh, what else have we got? Moving out two, which is the sequel to that uh, adorable moving out Australian game. Yes, Melbourne yes. made. Uh, yeah, Buddy Watson. His uh, got nothing. Can't think of anything. But he's excited. <laughs> I'm excited for him. I'm <laughs> so stoked for Buddy Watson, friend of the show. Shout out to Buddy. <laughs> Yeah, speaking uh, of threes. Um, speaking of twos, so, yeah, moving out to two is hitting in August 20-something or rather. The date's an article that I wrote, can't remember. Maybe it might even be the 17th. Who knows? Um, let's find out, though. Let's get an exact date. The 15th, not even close. So <laughs> it is coming uh, August 15 to everywhere except mobile because oh. mobile games blow. Um, PlayStation, they Xbox, make up Nintendo, a lot of that the gaming industry. He, oh yeah, he knows. He just yeah. doesn't care. He knows. Do, you, do you know? How, do you know how much Candy Crush made last year? Just saying. Fuck Candy Crush. You know what game should be on Android? Gubbins. Now that game is the bomb. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, he's iPhone. probably got a point. Go, go on then. Start the port. Off you go. Well, it's coming. You know what else is coming? A Death Stranding movie. <laughs> Good segue. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, so we have got. Uh, so Kojima has basically jumped on Twitter and said that while he is not directing it himself, which a lot of people are like, ha ha, because he makes movie games, you know, yada yada yada. Anyway, um, he has said he is deeply involved in producing, supervising, plotting, look, design, and content of the film adaptation of Death Stranding. He's just not in charge of directing. Um, you know, to me, this is is wonderful news. I think Death Stranding is fundamentally unadaptable as, as far as I'm concerned, that game is entirely built around its interactivity. But if anyone is going to be, you know, behind the scenes pulling strings on that, I'm glad that Kojima gets to finally Ooh. make his big Hollywood movie. Doesn't want fucking a feature length film of some, Whippa! I mean, some person delivering <laughs> fucking packages. <laughs> Look, Sorry. Just saying if they don't cast Norman Reedus, like what was the point? You know it would I mean? be very strange if they didn't. 
I mean, mm. honestly, that whole game cast, if you got them for a movie, that's a huge flex right there. Like that yeah. is your, your selling point to a, a general audience member. Um, I don't know how you package that's that That's the story only for. reason why I would even watch it, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Fair. I mean, look, yeah, we, we I, I don't see. think it's going to make for a good movie, but um, yeah. Fuck, will, I'm keen to find see. out, though. All, the, all that monster product placement. <laughs> yeah, it could be now, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, mate. Big snake eyes. Big face off. Oh, Nicky, Nicky Cage. Um, I can think the of no worse hell for myself than <laughs> Nick Cage playing Sam Bridges. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Could you, you, know what, <laughs> you know what I can imagine, actually? Cyberpunk movie. Um, I yeah. think that would translate, translate really well, yeah. Nick Definitely. Cage. The anime was true. No, not Nick Cage. Keanu oh, Reeves selling. What the? Oh, right. Hello? Oh, uh, I thought we were talking Nick Cage still. Uh-oh. I was on board. Uh, See, Zach tunes in and out depending on whether he gives a shit about what we're talking about. Yeah. You heard Nick Billion Cage. Billion dollar he was mobile in. games. No. <laughs> Nick Cage. Heard Cyberpunk, in. he was out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was it relevant 30 well, years ago? I'm back in. I wanna okay, this is actually an amazing segue because I was considering how to finally found one, yet. did you? <laughs> it's <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yourself. No, I'm actually considering because I pledged Cyberpunk last year. What year did it come out? 2020. Yeah, it would have been last year then. Yeah. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was you did last year. That, I think. Um, considering swapping out Liza P for Cyberpunk because I've just got the got an itch to play that. I just know I'm just going to that, like, that going to include ass. the DLC? Yes, no, it should. Come on. Oh, come on. Mate, come on. It's going to no, be epic. You're making it very hard go for on, It takes Zach. me like, if there's a, if a game is 20 hours, it's like 50 hours for me. Everyone this knows is true. This. Uh, You know what? I'm yeah. actually really set with games too, so I know where you're coming um, from, Zach. However, apparently this new content is actually going to be how the game was supposed to be. I want to actually finish my pledges so. though. If I play yeah. I P, understand that, but kick. you keep changing it. Like, didn't you just change it? You get one change. One, one change. change. Oh, so I've used okay. mine on The Witcher. Um, I'm starting right, a trend. By the way, uh, Hobbsboro was a pledge, so I'm on the board, baby. Hey. Nice welcome. work. Good work. I think very this is like one of very few pledges I've actually finished. Shout hey. out to me. Right should on, get a medal. Yeah. You should it'll, it'll get be. something. I should get something. Yeah, like what is the – I still want to know, like, what's the prize? Because I don't – other than the bragging rights. Satisfaction, I think, is the – I mean, I could buy someone a Coke – you know, twenty dollars JB Hi Fi gift voucher. That's not bad. Blue Heaven. Blue Heaven. Yeah. Blue Heaven. All right. Let's Milk, get milkshake for the Milky Boy. Mm. His milkshake Milk. brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, Damn he's right. Blue Heaven does. Um speaking of milkshakes, let's go off topics. Let's do it. Um let's ah. bloody do it, I say. Two very, very important things to share with you tonight. I watch Renfield. What the oh, yeah. fuck? Um, <laughs> Is that big Nikki Cage? Did you watch it with was, Anna? Yes, and she... I don't care what okay. you think about it. What does Anna think about it? <laughs> what do you reckon she thought? Fucking dog shit, mate. She hated it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rubbish. Wasn't, it exactly wasn't quite rubbish. dog shit. It was... What's what's before dog shit? Just normal shit. A fart? Ordinary. A dog fart. A dog, A dog fart. fart. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah. assume that's what comes before a dog shit. I don't know what's it, it worse, It makes actually. you wince and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she thought it was a dog fart. There you go. Um, Love it. She, uh, well, 
but like a one that didn't quite stink that much. Like it was like, oh god, this you sniff it this is and it's gone. Like, um, don't bring up dog farts, mate. It's one of my um, pigs. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was it was not what I was expecting. Nick Cage is you know he's he's catfished me twice now with um. <laughs> The unbelievable weight of expectations in now Renfield. I thought it was, yeah, it was not what I was. Has anyone else here seen it? No. Nah. No. No. It is like, yes. Does anyone like know what to, like what they're watching? Maybe it's because they didn't watch the trailer. So that's... I saw the trailer and so I expected a. Yeah, it's comedic. Yeah. It's a, but like, yeah, it's fairly silly. Yeah, like not, I, I not thought a it was highbrow bunny. Yeah, I thought it's it was like a, a very, well. yeah, it's like an action comedy. Like there are some really. Pretty cool action scenes in it, but they're excessive. So that's where all the money went. That's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, like there's a like in one of the fights, um, Renfield, who's actually uh, warm bodies. Uh, I'll make from skins. I'll make from, yeah. <laughs> um, he pulls some bloke's arm off, arms off. Just you know, pulls them off, as you do, mm. casual. Because he's a casual, vampire's familiar. Casual Thursday, yeah. Well, um. I didn't mind it. It was okay. Six out of ten, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Seems generous. I have had my Apple TV subscription lapse, oh. which is kind of sad because I was enjoying Platonic. So I've switched over to Binge just to see what's up on the library over there and found myself watching Mrs. Davis. Does this one oh, ring a bell? Oh, Yeah. I am having a thrill with Mrs. Davis. It is a sci-fi comedy, like a Mm sci-fi action comedy. It's got that big bloke energy that Zach loves. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So it's definitely a tick a few boxes for him. But um, it it is a weird, weird... And I love it. It's um, How how would I describe it? It's like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy meets Mm. The Matrix. It's the most fucking bizarre thing. Because basically what's happened is religion, organised religion, God is fundamentally having this proxy war against Mrs. Davis, which has become this ubiquitous AI that's spread around the world, which is basically like the evolution of chat GPT. It is everywhere, sees everything, and it has a consciousness, and it's so integrated in people's lives, like a fucked up Black Mirror episode, that it tells people what to do and sends them on quests, and that quest will give them a sense of moral fulfilment, which obviously is antithetical to the moral fulfillment that one would get from following God's word. So then, you know, God's a character. You've got this nun who's the main character, who's sort of this interface between God and the antagonistic AI. It is absolutely bonkers. It just has an absolute rollercoaster ride with being as tongue-in-cheek and as silly as possible. And I love it. And, of course, it's from David Damon Lindelof. So, of course, like TV's best producer, responsible for Lost and The Leftovers... Tons of other cool shit. I uh, can't recommend it enough. I've had an absolute ride with it. Sweet. The thing the thing I've been watching lately is not on this level, to be fair. So uh, there's no levels I, I, here. You you enjoy oh. what you enjoy. How about it? This is a surprise for me. I'm oh, not normally okay. this. Well smart. it is yeah, I mean it's about a nun, so yeah, probably is a bit of a surprise for you. Um mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 he's, that is a nun, what he's talking oh, about. Oh, sorry, I thought you were saying, well, so you were watching with another nun. I was no, like, oh, no, no, okay, yeah. No, I'm, we don't have any nuns. I do live in a small town, but we don't have any nuns. Um, that mm. is Not enough nuns. Yeah. Interesting. 
Anyway, uh, no, I've been watching um, F Boy Island. I know that's terrible. Oh, isn't my God. It? Oh, okay. oh, is that the Chatfield? <laughs> yeah, Abby oh, Chatfield. The way that is shot is so scuffed. Like, it's the way you would want, like, any dating show to be, to be shot because the slow motion, like, of them drinking at the parties and stuff, they've got, like, one eye open and, like, like <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so funny. Um, but basically the premise of the whole thing, if you haven't seen it, is that um, so there are three girls, 24 guys, right? 12 are, F, 12 are F boys and 12 are nice guys. Uh, yeah, so... I, I oh, mean, look, I'm not a man. Black and white, isn't it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, they, they go in as nice guys. So, you know, they believe in true love and, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah, I know, right? I know. But but the F boys are like, uh, hey, baby, what's up? You know, you know what's good. Come here. Like that kind of vibe. So, yeah. God. The aim of the game, right, is to obviously find someone. Uh, well, the girls anyway, they have to distinguish between the F boys and the nice guys because they've got a hundred grand to win. Now, if you find, if you end up matching and falling in love with a nice guy, you both equally get $50,000. If you match oh. with an F boy, the F boy decides how much you get and he can say, <laughs> see ya, and you get zero and he gets $100,000 free and clear. Wow. So I'm going to just quickly, like, I think me and Adam are on the same page here. This is the schematic for a pretty thrilling party game. Absolutely. I want to get 30 people in a room. I want to chop that room in half, go, they're all fucking randy. <laughs> and these are the kind of folks you want to bring home to your parents sounds, and just role it play it like out. sounds like a social Oh, that would be brilliant. It sounds like blood on the clock oh, yeah. tower. Well, you so know, all they've done for this show is they've upped the production value. Yeah. Exactly. and well, have they? Well, I think they have because obviously, you know, you win prize money. Um, but what happens is if you get voted out and you're an F boy, you get put in like this joke of a concentration exile camp. And Abby... <laughs> Brother, <laughs> such a turn. Whoa. And, and Abby We're Chatfield, she tries to like... You know, uh, oh, coach you into being a good guy because you couldn't do it for a hundred thousand dollars, or you know, or fifty thousand dollars. Like, what is it going to take? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's my guilty pleasure at the moment. Um, yeah, right. Sounds if you ever want a job in producing, <laughs> it's it's yeah. on it's on um, binge, so you can watch it. Yeah. I've seen the ads. <laughs> <laughs> I bet wow. you have. Oh yeah. How do you top that? <laughs> I don't need to top that. They're not even going to try. <laughs> 90s film of the week. Speaking of post-apocalyptic post Australian films, I'm going with the 1996 film. Matilda. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did not expect that. Brilliant. Like the, uh, I mean, I loved the new one. Have you seen the new Netflix one? Those kids. The, oh my, you They're have to talented. watch it. They're, they're amazing. Santa. These kids. I ain't getting around <laughs> near Matilda. Yeah. But the singing is so good and, like, you will cry because they sing this song called When I Grow Up and it just makes me cry every time and and you should watch it. Oh, Zach always just wanted to be locked in the chokey. Is that what it was called? The old Iron Maiden. Yeah. Are you a masochist? I didn't know that, Zach. That's nice. You can't tell us. from the tone of this show. <laughs> it's just a shitty um, one for two hours a week. I didn't realise that Danny, Danny DeVito directed 
Matilda. There you go. He had a lot of involvement. He's he a talented man. Yeah. He is. See? All the way Shot down there, can... yeah. Yeah. I genuinely it. enjoyed the OJ film, but I haven't seen you. <laughs> so this my, is a... My daughters love that film. A 91 on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Huge. That's a good one. That's, a, that's a juicy and ripe, that one. Uh, so it's we are uh, see the world from a, from a kid's eye view with Matilda, a modern fairy tale that mixes hilarious humour with the magical message of love. Mrs. Doubtfire's M- Mara Wilson stars as Matilda, a smart, smart. Yeah, anyway, can't be fucked reading all that. Where is she Matilda. now? Where <laughs> is she Matilda. now? You know what I mean. Where is she now? Where is she now? It's a good question. Where can you watch Matilda? Uh, Netflix. Don't, don't you gonna fucking say that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> well, she yes, Stan. Is this correct? You can watch Stan. the old one, the 996 version on Stan or Paramount Plus. Does anyone here have a Paramount Plus subscription? Yeah, yeah, I got it for I the Harry have. Potter. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, trials. I had I've it never for Yellow Jackets, but I didn't re-up yeah. it for season two. Which I had it for the A League. That's okay. It's, it's the whole season's like a bit of a MacGuffin. It's yeah. a MacGuffin season. Um, and it's on. Can I just say I love that Prime, you guys talk about I movies like that. Oh, movies oh, are great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. please. Do, you'll have to do some homework and come back to us next week with a 90s film you've seen. Oh, it has to be 90s. No, 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 anything. But if you really want to surprise us, oh, 90s film. Oh, okay. Yes. But no pressure. Do you know Matilda's You can always update Matilda's us on F-Boy Island. Oh, yes. What? What's rated R? Matilda. Nah. Maybe it's a musical. I'm just going off Google. The musical's not rated R because my kids nah, have watched it. It's the raunchy stage play, mate. <laughs> it's it's actually a strip show. Like yeah. co-directed by Dita Von Teese. It's not it's and Danny Vito. Matilda. It's Matilda. still Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> it's French man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell! All right, uh, are we doing it? Are we call? Are we calling it? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, let's tonight. wrap it up. Oh, oh, this has been a long one. Yeah, it has. Yeah, Buddy's Buddy might be the last one standing. So uh, shouts to the, to that man for sticking around. <laughs> Whoever made it to the finish line, good on you. He's always there till the end. Man, all right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast, Rhiannon. Thank you very much for joining us for this second first time. It's been amazing. Anytime, no worries. <laughs> and the rest of you, have a good one. Uh, everybody else, check out the content. I can't remember. Did I just put out? Did I just plug the website? Nah. Go again. You can check out the content. Uh, you can go uh, Nathan's Final Fantasy 16 review. James's unholy preview, uh, Rhiannon's the Deutsch or whatever. What have you said before? Um, preview. The Deutsch, yes. The Deutsch preview. Oh, sorry, review. And there's some <laughs> other things up there. You can read the Repeller Fella review if you want, or you can just hang out on the website. Give us some clicks. We love the ad revenue. It's great. Um, everybody, have a good weekend, and we will see you next time. Fare thee well. Goodbye. See you soon. See you soon.